Good morning and welcome. We are so glad you can join us in the connection. I'm going to be honest, it does not feel uh, as warm without you here. But, uh, you know, we do what we need to do, and uh, we want you to be safe. And I want you to know the good news. God loves you, uh, and we are going to worship with you today, and I hope you will worship with us, and the Spirit will connect us together. So would you join me now as we pray? Lord God, we enter into this new year with hope and expectation that this will be a better year than last year. Uh, Lord, we ask for your, your blessings and your guidance and that you would lift us up. But Lord, right now we ask you that you would fill us full of your joy, the joy that comes from knowing you joy that comes from loving you and the joy that comes from following you. In Christ's name, amen. I invite you now at home to worship with us, so let's worship, my friends.
share with you a few things that are coming up right now. We have our Zoom Bible studies uh, that will begin. Uh, actually, one will begin tomorrow. Uh, that will be, uh, Teresa will be leading the Book of Joy. If you haven't gotten that book, that's okay. Uh, you can go ahead and order it and get it uh, later. She says the first session, you won't need it. Uh, and that will be Mondays at 10 a.m., January 4th through February 1st. Uh, and then I will be teaching Living Joy, which will be looking at the joy found in the 23rd Psalm. Uh, and that will be Thursdays, 2 p.m., uh, starting January this Thursday, January 7th through February 11th. And then J.J. will be leading Reading a Letter of Joy uh, based on the Philippians. And that will be Mondays at 6.30, beginning January 11th, going through February 8th. And you can go to our website, uh, click on Adult Studies, then click on uh, uh, Live Stream Studies and sign up there or call the church to sign up. Uh, our confirmation class will begin this, uh, this Wednesday. We're starting right back up. And that will be at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Be looking for that Zoom link to be coming to you in the next day. All right, my friends, uh, I do want to remind you that we are uh, we are still asking for your tithes and offerings, uh, and you can go to our website to uh, click on the giving button, or you can uh, mail a check in to the church. Today, we will be looking at Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, and also 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. First Kings. After a while, the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. 
the Lord's word came to Elijah, Get up and go to Zarephath, near Sidon, and stay there. I have ordered a widow to take care of you. Elijah left and went to Zarephath. He came to the town gate and saw a widow collecting sticks. He called out to her, Please get a little water for me to drink. This cup, in this cup so I can drink. She went to get some water. He then said to her, Please get me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any food, only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in a bottle. Look at me. I'm collecting two sticks so that I can make some food for myself and my son. We'll eat the last of the food and then die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do what you said. Only make a little loaf of bread for me first. Then bring it to me. You can make something for yourself and your son after this. This is what Israel's God, the Lord, says. The jar of flour won't decrease, and the bottle of oil won't run out until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. The widow went and did what Elijah said. So the widow, Elijah, and the widow's household ate for two days. The jar of flour didn't decrease, nor did the bottle of oil run out, just as the Lord spoke through Elijah. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We will not have a children's sermon this week, my friends, uh, but they will be back next week. Would you join me now as I pray? Lord God, we ask right now for your word. Speak to us. We have heard you tell us and teach us to be hope. You've given us hope. But now, Lord, we ask that you would shed and reveal to us joy unexpected joy that we may all cling to, we may all share. Christ, amen. So, the 23rd Psalm may be the most recognizable Old Testament passage there is. Even if you haven't read the Bible, uh, even if you've never been to a Sunday worship service, You've probably heard this psalm, whether it was at a funeral you attended or in a funeral depicted in a television show or on TV or in a movie. This psalm is so familiar because there is something incredible about it that in just three, six verses, six verses, can bring comfort to us our most difficult and tragic moment. Because it's used so often in funerals, I couldn't help but think about the very first funeral I ever preached. I was new to ministry. In fact, I was still the children's director uh, of the church I was serving. Just become a local pastor. And one of our members passed away. 
45 years old federal judge, Linda left behind two teenagers and a husband who passed away. And as my practice, I went to go visit with that family before the funeral, and we started talking and sharing stories. And I've done this over and over again throughout the years with many families. And more times than not, this same miracle occurred. Amidst the crying and the sorrow and the pain as we shared stories about Melinda, laughter broke out. Not inappropriate laughter, not disrespectful laughter, but laughter that came from the joy of remembering wonderful moments, great times. And silliness that occurred in Melinda's life. Over and over again throughout the years when visiting with families, the same thing happens over and over again. Because joy doesn't have to coincide with happiness. Joy can occur even in our most broken and painful moments. And your pastors thought to themselves, where do we go after hope? Where should we go after we've talked about hope and been hope? Where should our congregation go? And we decided, joy. And we looked at the 23rd Psalm. Unexpected joy there. So for the next 52 weeks, we will focus on the theme of joy, but more specifically for the next six weeks, we're going to look at the unexpected joy found in the 23rd Psalm. But we'll also couple that with that joy being lived out in passages of Scripture. Because if we are truly to know and understand that there is joy that can come from living out the 23rd Psalm, we have to really see how it occurs in our lives and in the lives of those that Scripture records. Third Psalm tells us in the first verse, The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack nothing. And in the middle of a pandemic that's been going on for nearly a year now, that might be a hard pill to swallow. Because some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you have taken massive pay cuts. Many of you have experienced the loneliness of lockdown. Too many of you had to say goodbye to loved ones. Blessed to be So the idea that we lack nothing seems very hard to understand. Yet we can be assured that there is truth in this passage. That when the Lord is our shepherd, we lack nothing. And nothing illustrates this better, I think, than this passage that we just read in 1 Kings chapter 17. 
when we encounter the woman that we have come to know as the widow of Zarephath. She understood what it meant to truly lack. This way that we can We enter into this passage finding out that there is a drought that is occurring in Israel and the surrounding areas. And for us today, we don't understand droughts the same way. We have stockpiles of food. We have irrigation systems. Even in the worst droughts, it becomes nothing but really an inconvenience. We can still go to the grocery store and buy groceries. We may have to follow rules that are an inconvenience, like burn ban, or we're not allowed to water our yard. But we're still able to eat, still able to get a drink of water. It wasn't what it was like so long ago. This passage is written because in those days, they could only do what was called sustenance farming. And sustenance farming was really just about growing enough to get you from one harvest to the next. You'd immediately start planting for that next harvest. One harvest would be for the winter crops, and one harvest would be for the spring crops, and one harvest would be for the summer crops. You were continually planting and hoping that you have a good harvest. And it wasn't that they weren't looking to the future. It wasn't that they weren't planning for disaster. It was that they didn't have the same modern farming techniques and equipment that we do that allow for us to continue on even in a drought. In those days, a drought meant starvation and death. That's exactly what this widow is preparing for. As Elijah approaches her, she lets him know, I'm collecting a couple of sticks so I can go home and take what little flour and oil I have and make a meal for my son and That's what it means. Yet somehow, this woman finds joy. Because the Lord comes to her. She's a Gentile. She doesn't even know the God of Israel. Yet she listens when God comes and says, when the prophet Elijah comes to you and asks you for food, give it to him. Elijah comes. He asks. She hesitates for a moment. But when he reassures her, she goes home, and she makes first a loaf for Elijah, feeds him, and then makes two loaves for her son and herself. She wakes up the next morning only to find that there is flour and oil again. And she can still make bread for her son, herself, and there's even enough to feed Elijah. And this continues on every day, every day until 
rain and the next harvest gather. In the midst of starvation, sickness, death, and thirst, this woman found joy. And she found joy in two places. The first, she found joy in knowing that God had given her just enough. The security and comfort in knowing God had given her just enough for the three of them. We miss out on that joy quite a bit in our lives. We live in a world where there is more than enough. There is an abundance, and so often we ignore it. And God has given us enough, or even more than enough, and we long more. That's our sinful nature, the greed that is in every human being, that sinful nature that constantly reaches out and wants more and is never satisfied. I mean, it is no secret to you guys that I like technology. Technology is something I really enjoy. I for a decade, I worked in that field before I became a pastor. I like to set up the technology for our church. I like, I still read some of the trade magazines just because I'm that big of a nerd. But what I like even more is possessing and owning new technology. Because I get to use it. I get to own it and try new things. Even if I only do the new thing one time, it's fun. Like in October. Apple re- released their new Apple Watch, Apple Watch 6. I own an Apple Watch 5. And really, the only difference between the two models, is there's three differences. One, the new model can check your blood oxygen. Two, it's got an always-on altimeter so that you can see what altitude you're at. And three, the screen is 20% brighter. Apple has admitted that the blood uh, blood oxygen level monitor, it's good for tracking, but it's not medically accurate. Go see your doctor. I don't climb mountains that often. I really don't need to know what altitude I'm at. And I go outside quite a bit in the sunshine, and not once have I had trouble seeing my watch face. Still, as soon as they got done announcing all the new, all three new features, my heart went, oh, I want one. I want one so bad. And why did I want one so bad? Of course, because I could check my blood oxygen level, and I could always know what altitude I'm at, and it would be 20% brighter. Things I didn't need before and things I really didn't need now. But I I wasn't satisfied with what I had because of that sinful nature that's in all of us that doesn't allow us to look at not only what we have just enough, but our abundance as well. Not be satisfied. When we allow the Lord to be our shepherd and know that truthfully we lack nothing and we can push aside that sinful nature, we can find joy. 
sure that next cool gadget is going to bring momentary happiness until the next one shows up. Joy when we truly accept that God gives us what we need. That joy, joy can last a lifetime. It can carry us through the darkest and most painful moments of our life. When we can't grasp happiness, we can still live in joy. And that's exactly what this widow was able to experience each and every morning when she got up and she saw there was enough. There was enough flour, there was enough oil, and that she and her son could eat one more day, and in fact, there was more than enough. It wasn't an abundance, but there was still more than enough, and she could share it. And that is the second place she found her joy. The second place she found her joy was being able to share with Elijah. Being able to give from her meager abundance feed another person, feed another person. When we're able to share out of our abundance, we're transformed and we're renewed and we are given joy. And I know all of you probably experienced that over Christmas when we weren't super excited about the gifts we were about to get, but the ones we were giving, oh man, those give you chill bumps, especially those of you that are new parents. I bet you Lauren was just, Lauren and, and Bo were ecstatic about giving Briggs gifts for his first Christmas. That's the most exciting part, seeing somebody else open that gift that you looked for and said, that's them. That's that person. That reminds me of them. I can't wait till they open it to see the look on their face. Joy. But there's joy that you have shared and experienced beyond that in sharing. This Thanksgiving, your staff asked, can you give so that we can provide 70 meals, 70 Thanksgiving meals? We fed 70 families for Thanksgiving, and in fact, you were so generous that we were also able to feed a hundred families Christmas dinner this year with what you gave for Thanksgiving. We have a giving box that's now on Pratt Street that as I walked by this morning I noticed somebody had placed beans and other non-perishable items. It was empty the other day but now it's got food in there for our hungry friends on the street. Because somebody said, I'm going to share in my abundance. And in that sharing, I found joy. It didn't give them happiness per se. It may have. But joy is something deep. Joy can exist even in our lowest moments. Even when we're hurting the most. We can find joy. Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is a truth 
that when we embrace it and live it, we can find joy. And the way that we can lack nothing is by looking at what God has provided for us. And if I have too much or more than enough, you have not enough. If I share with you, then neither of us lack nothing. If I don't have enough, but you have a little more than enough and you share with me, then we lack nothing. When we're willing to find satisfaction in what we have, then it's enough to share. When we share with someone else that has not enough, we find joy, we find followed the shepherd, we lack. This meal that we partake in every week reminds us of that because at this table there is more than enough. There may be just a small piece of bread and very little juice in the pitcher that goes in the cup. But that's not what we're coming to this table for. We're coming to this table for forgiveness. Christ has that in abundance. We're coming to this table for love. Christ has that in abundance. We're coming to this table to find acceptance. Christ has that in abundance. This is Christ's table and everyone is welcome and there is always room for one more person at this table. The Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. And in this meal we lack nothing. There were 12 disciples sitting around this table and there may have been men, also female disciples sitting around that table. It doesn't say but it doesn't not say. And each person around that table found enough love and forgiveness from Jesus Christ to be fed because some of them would flee when he rested. One of them would pray for him. Others will stand at the foot of the cross until he's taken down and then bury his body. Yet at that table, everyone Everyone was fed, everyone was loved, everyone was whatever they could find. And so he looked at those around the table saying, hey, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Likewise, at the end of the meal, he took the cup and gave thanks to you again, offering it to his disciples saying, take, drink, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Whenever you get together, do this So now I come to you, Lord, asking that your spirit would descend upon these elements, but not just these elements here, but the elements that are in each and every home. No matter what they have brought to be the bread and the cup, let them be transformed now and be the body and blood of Jesus Christ so that we may all experience your love, your mercy, your grace, 
if, if know that we are accepted, welcome at the table. The table is given far beyond this building. It's every home. is yours now and forever almost God. And as a people who know that they are forgiven, know that they are loved, and know that the Lord is accepted, we lack nothing. Let us pray the words of the Apostle Paul. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. So, we take bread, Christ's body broken, we take the cup, Christ's blood We are forgiven. We are loved, we are made new, and we are welcome. Sorry.